702. The Political Desk. All right, it's 10 minutes before 7 o'clock. Uh, the DA's uh, policy head, Gwen Gwenya, was on uh, John Pullman's show yesterday talking about what the party is deciding in terms of its immediate future. But perhaps to know where we're going, we need to know where we come from. We're joined now by the former leader of the Democratic Alliance, uh, now uh, the leader of uh, the One South Africa movement, uh, Musimai Mane. Always a pleasure to chat to you. Welcome back to our show. Good morning and um, good morning to our fellow South Africans. Great to be on your show again. So if you look at the DA's recent policy conference, the party are saying it was a resounding success. Uh, if nothing else, one take out of it uh, is that they are rejecting a lot of the ideas that you championed within the party, particularly when it comes to race as, a, as, as, as the central pillar of redress in the society. Well, I think that's always had always been the fault line and the debate. I certainly think that there's a misconception sometimes that sits within certain quarters that says anyone who identifies race naturally leads to racism. And those are two separate issues. Our history as a country is born out of racial injustice and oppression. This is a systemic process to which we require all South Africans, black and white, to work together towards addressing. And therefore, even in the constitutional provisions, uh, that was, uh, 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 is that South Africa shall belong to all who live in it, black and white. An acknowledgement of the face that a South African can be identified by race without the feeling of, of saying one must be superior or inferior. Therefore, to me, to take away the identity of someone and say, you don't see that I'm black as an argument, is to really take away a huge component of my identity, but also the history of this country, but, and, and even more profoundly, an inability to be able to say, how do we resolve the challenges of the apartheid spatial legacy that we've been given? How do we address the challenge of the miseducation of many black South Africans? How do we address the asset inequality that sits in this country? So to me, this was always the debate that I fought, and certainly the reason we started One South Africa Movement is to say it's, it's not a question of one race versus another. It is all South Africans working together to redress yeah. the, the challenges of the past and ultimately to build a South Africa for all. Because the, the fact that many black South Africans are poor is not a coincidence. It was a design. It was designed specifically on the basis of the color of their skins. So, yes, I'll be the first to admit that the last number of years under this current government have, have not worked hard to reimagine a new society that is far more inclusive. But that does not mean that the pain doesn't exist or the inequality doesn't exist or the access to opportunity doesn't exist. Therefore, I really fundamentally believe that without doubt, what we need to be doing is saying, what kind of society do we want to see? And how do all of us, black and white, work together towards achieving and addressing those injustices? If we fail to not do so, the warning is very clear. You are creating conditions that you were describing earlier upon which populist rhetoric, violent, becomes the order of the day simply because too many citizens who, by virtue of our history, are left out. And then secondly, you move away from the center of politics upon which many citizens sit, where you can either now have a contestation between right-wing organizations and left-wing organizations, whereas what sits in the center of 
this idea of racial tolerance and citizens who are working together towards addressing the issues of South Africa is leaderless. So the net consequence of it is that you end up with incidents yeah. like tricks, etc. And that underscores the importance of the role of opposition in South African politics. And it seems to me that at this point, there's a kind of vacuum, if you will, because on the one hand, you've got what the EFF proposes as an alternative to the ANC. On the other hand, one could argue that by adopting this approach, the DA has certainly given up on the black vote, and that doesn't all go well for opposition politics. No, certainly not. And and I think more than anything, it, 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 it further underscores this idea that the sooner we recognize that parties become loyal to particular constitu- constituencies without necessarily being loyal to citizens, the better we are. And I would argue strongly to say that this idea of having direct elections becomes absolutely vital. We need to be able to, as black and white citizens, be able to elect people directly who can represent us in parliament. And that way, we are able to reform the political system. Because it's clear that it's not only just a role missed by the opposition, it's also a role missed by the government, by the ANC. Because... If you want to be a leader of society, this would have been a perfect opportunity in all incidents to be able to stand up and say, for us, the definition of a racially inclusive society looks like this. But we're not hearing any of that because parties have foregone the vision of President Nelson Mandela and certainly the South Africa want to see. So I really fundamentally believe that if we're going to reform South Africa's prospects, we need to be able to find ourselves in a space where we can directly elect people who represent us rather than the jackets of, of the parties they seek to wear. Musa the DA might come back to you, though, and say, look, uh, when you had a bite at this cherry, you failed. You failed to convince South Africans of uh, the alternative you are proposing as part of that party. Uh, you've had your shot. You've had your moment in the sunshine. Let them get on with it. I think that would be a misreading of of the circumstances with which we found ourselves in. You, you know, when you define it as failure, having voters who left to go to the Freedom Front Plus because they desired a party that represents them as a particular race of people. It's not a failure of a project of non-racialism. In fact, it is an identification of the fact that it is not perhaps everybody's cup of tea. Of course, I do accept there will be black South Africans who simply refuse to work with white South Africans, and I accept the fact that there will be white South Africans who do not want to work with black South Africans. I'm willing to accept that. But what I'm also willing to affirm is that those act in the absolute minority of citizens. The majority of citizens actually want to work together. So whilst it was a difficult election with other variables on the go, I think we cannot deny the fact that when I worked towards a vision of a non-racial South Africa, South Africans were hearing that message and working together. And I would argue the case that prospectively that is the only sustainable model for our country. So what happens to the senior leaders, the black senior leaders in the party? Do you believe there's a purge? I mean, when we hear uh, at least read from tweets by people like Pumzile Fandam that, uh, that, that you know, they found out um, you know, via the newspapers they're facing charges. Uh, is there a purge? I think the other question, the other way to phrase the question is to say, why is it that for many black senior leaders, uh, and I would see them as black, I would imagine perhaps maybe the current leadership may not want to see them in that way. Why are they exiting? That is the question that we ought to ask. Because in, in, in all fairness, uh, whether there are charges, I cannot speak for the DA. I've been out of there for a year. But I would argue strongly that 
in fact, as things stand now at the moment, the sense of racial harmony and the diversity that sits within that within the organisation. But is there a always a fault line? Hold on, Musa. Do you look at your colleagues, your former colleagues, and say they are being targeted? Uh, it just so happens that they're black, or is it specifically because they are black? Is there a purge? It's not for me to answer that question. I can speak about my own experience. When, when I was there, I can remember these selective leaks of information that ended up in newspapers that were false claims, where some of the actions that sought to make sure that you do not remain inside the organization. You is, get that what's, out is that the what the others are going through now? So are they going through what you went through? I can imagine that there are many others who are facing similar charges, selective leaks of information to make the environment toxic. That uh, raises all sorts of questions about uh, the future of the Democratic Alliance. It's former leader Musimai Mane there on the line, the leader now of the One South Africa Movement.